this is the show where we answer your questions about sales, sales management, sales coaching, and the personalized development of your team. We're excited to share a point of view with you. To what extent should a sales manager be involved in delivering, executing the trainings themselves? Is their primary role reinforcement and coaching, or should they be doubling as a trainer? That's a really excellent question. Something that comes up a lot from clients. You know, we believe the sales manager should have a very active role in the uh, training and development of their teams. That said, I'd kind of make three distinctions. I would look at formalized training, informal training, and personalized sales coaching. Let me start with the first. The formalized training is really a sales training program that may be run over a couple of days and then go through some ongoing reinforcement followed up by personalized coaching. The actual classroom component of that is probably best led to professional facilitators who can deliver that, uh, that training. That said, it's a best practice for the managers to attend. They can observe their people. They can certainly join in the conversation and really get a good benchmark for where their sales professionals are at. Once that training is delivered, though, you have informal training, and that can happen pretty frequently. It can be in the weekly or monthly sales meetings. You could pick a topic like overcoming difficult objections, or if you have an uh, initiative to drive new business, prospecting for new business, or maybe doing a better job of presenting value so you're really not kind of stuck in the price trap. And that kind of informal training, group discussion, sharing of best practices, maybe even a little bit of role-playing is really healthy for the uh, sales meetings and what I would call informal training. And then the most important role for the manager is really individualized or personalized sales coaching. And that's working with each salesperson on two to three key skill areas that they could develop each quarter. And that should be an individualized plan where you've kind of collaborated with the salesperson and say, hey, you know, over the next quarter, let's work maybe on identifying customers' priorities, maybe doing a little bit of better job of presenting the value that we offer, and maybe overcoming some difficult objections. And then based on those skills, you would observe some sales calls, provide feedback, and then as they improve, you would reset the coaching plan. So to recap, we think managers should be involved extensively in training and development. When it comes to the formal classroom training, probably best left to training development professionals with the managers attending as they can. Informal training, a great role for the manager, is a great way to get their team involved. Maybe even periodically have a member of their team kind of lead a session in something they're particularly good at. So you're actually starting to leverage the team's expertise. And then the personalized coaching, probably the most important role for the manager in terms of ongoing skills development. What are some of the best ways to increase sales performance in 2016? Well, that's a pretty broad question, but let me, let me, let me take a shot at that. I think that when you think about a new year, and the new year in many ways is artificial, it's just a period of time, but you know, we, we kind of focus on the calendar year. So kind of taking that in context, it's now January of 2016, and by December uh, 31 of 2016, I want to achieve some goal. The first thing to do is to really set a realistic goal. What did you accomplish last year? What percent growth is reasonable given market conditions? And set a reasonable goal that's not a slam dunk, not something you've got a 100% chance of achieving, but something that if you stretch yourself, you believe you have an 80% or better chance of achieving. The second thing you want to do is really kind of calculate, based on your existing customer relationships, what is a reasonable forecast from your existing account accounts? What strategies will you need? What kind of any kind of variation you might need to achieve? So your easiest sell is going to be to your existing customers. So let's say you did $1.2 million last year. Your goal for this year is $1.5 million. And you believe that you can do $950,000 from your existing accounts. Well, now you've got a $550,000 gap that you need to go out and generate new business. That's going to be the most difficult business to generate. As it relates to that new business, there's kind of two ways to look at it. 
One is within your existing accounts, are there other opportunities, other departments, other divisions that you haven't sold into? And then how do you get referrals into those divisions? And what strategies and actions will you take? And then probably the most difficult is pure new business acquisition with clients you've never done business with before. And there you have to start thinking about how am I going to generate interest? What are the strategies that I'm going to use? It could be built around new product offerings that your company has. Uh, could be around your sharing success with others. How are you going to create interest? And then what level of prospecting is going to be required to set up appointments? How many appointments will you really need to in terms to generate proposals? What's been your historical win rate on proposals in terms of new account acquisition? And what are your lead times? And I think what a lot of salespeople do is they have this goal in mind, but they really don't really back into the math that's required to achieve that goal. And then once you start to back into that math, you might start to adjust your goal for the year. But again, I think it starts by setting the goal for the year. What can you reasonably expect from the customers that you know who know you and value the services you provide? What is the gap? And then in terms of addressing that gap, what are the strategies you're going to use? And maybe most importantly, what level of activities? So, you know, at Sales Readiness Group, we put a lot of emphasis on selling skills, sales management skills. But one of the key drivers that goes even beyond skills is activity levels. And, you know, sales times are longer. Customers do have more choices. Customers do their research on the, on the web. So sales professionals are going to have to work harder and smarter than ever before to achieve their, their goals in 2016. With that, we're very optimistic and good luck and good selling in 2016. Dan Creasy, a media consultant at Yellow Pages, asks, what are some successful methods to flash out prospects who literally pretend they're interested in my offer? I seem to run up against time wasters way too often. Specifically, I mean candidates who have absolutely no intention of buying and yet pretend they're interested. I hate wasting my time or others, so I find it baffling when prospects have little or no respect for my time. What's the best way to flash these time wasters out without alienating legitimate qualified prospects? The verbal request for a proposal has become one of my red flags for this. At the same time, there are some who actually need to see a proposal before they can buy. So I think the, the issue here is really this idea of people pretending. You know, from my experience, people don't pretend to be interested in solutions. They may be professionally polite and maybe show some indication of interest, but I don't think it's really the issue of pretending versus not being interested. I think it's the degree of interest. And keep in mind that people can have a casual interest in a solution or a very intense need for a solution. So I think as a salesperson, you have to have the perspective that you're selling to them and really do a great job of qualifying their level of interest. One of my favorite acronyms is BANT, B-A-N-T, which stands for Budget, Authority, Need, and Timing. So in your conversations with that customer as you're qualifying, and I use the word qualificate conversation because you want to make sure you're having a conversation with them, not interrogating them. But in the course of your conversation, kind of ask some questions. Hey, is this a budgeted initiative? Uh, find out, you know, would you be the person who's making this decision or are there others involved? So you're really kind of getting to authority. Are they an influencer or a decision maker? Try and understand well, what's driving this need. How intense is this need? So what is the need? Is it a real business problem they're trying to solve or is it something that's more theoretical or hypothetical? And then what's timing? You know, ideally, when would they like to, you know, kind of move forward with this type of solution? And by thinking about, what, you know, whether this opportunity is truly BANT ready, you can decide what are the appropriate sales actions to take. So again, I think it's not so much a matter of the customer uh, wasting your time. It's really a matter of thinking about how much time do I want to allocate to this opportunity 
after I've qualified the level of interest. Fred asks, how do you get leaders to change the status quo within your own sales organization? Ever notice something is not working in your specific group or the market is changing and there is danger ahead if something is not changed? From the macro perspective, all is well. C-level and VP level still making their numbers regionally or across segments. Though individual groups may be feeling the impact of a threat, like a cancer is spreading. How do you influence senior executives that they need to risk change or face bigger problems later? Well, that's a really interesting question. I think it really gets to an emphasis on results by senior sales leaders. And there's nothing wrong with looking at results, provided you're really looking at the behaviors or the performance indicators that drive those results. And so I think what happens with senior leaders is that they really don't understand the implications of market changes until after the fact. So what we really have to do is start to look kind of forward looking and saying, what's really going on? Now, keep in mind, these senior leaders are really busy. They're making their numbers. From their perspective, all is well. And if there's a problem, some area in the organization or in a particular department, they may not really see it. And it's certainly not going to register just to make them aware of that. I think what you have to think about is some internal selling. In other words, how are you going to really create awareness with those internal C-level or VP-level contacts and it really starts with a dialogue and really finding out more about their priorities. Even though you're really focused on your own priorities, you want to start by learning what's really important to them, then making them aware of some of the changes that you're seeing in the market that may impact their priorities. And then I think you're going to see a little bit more openness because they're going to understand how what you're sharing with them really influences future results. And so I think that level of understanding and using some of those sales techniques that you would use with a customer internally to create openness, ask great questions, and really address priorities is the key to getting them to focus not only on near-term results, which may look well and good, but really look at the driver and the market implications associated with future results. Thank you.